Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Better strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Car Show. So this is really an attack on academic freedom. It's an attack on uh, people who are pluralists and believe that you should bring people from all over the world together. Your Honor, you take away our right to steal ideas. Where are they going to come from? Uh-huh. You know, to essentially unseat gay and other presidents as well. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. Border Patrol in the month of December processed more migrants entering the United States illegally than any month in the history of that agency. Why is that happening? What? How do you explain it? And don't say the economy or Tim Allen or climate change. We have the effects of climate change. We have breaking news. The House Homeland Security Committee will formally begin impeachment proceedings against DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Great. It's about time. It is about time. Yeah. It's about time. Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware. It's... Howie Carr. I regret to inform you that it is not Howie Carr. It is uh, his producer, Taylor Cormier, here filling in. Uh, Howie will be back in less than a week on Monday at his uh, usual post. Until then, I am your fill-in guest host and happy to be here. 844-500-4242. Right now, we're going to uh, switch gears a little bit. Uh, By the way, still no release of the Epstein Associate list that I've been uh, keeping a watch on all day. Nothing yet. Uh, If it comes through (laughs) before the end of the hour, we'll we'll get to it. But uh, I can't promise anything. I'm not in charge of this. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But uh, we're going to switch to uh, some local gears here. Uh, you know, it, it's immigration is, is local to every state in the United States now. Every state is a border state. Uh, we're, we're dealing with a lot of the consequences here in Massachusetts. Our governor, Maura Healy, has uh, designated so many hotels and uh, gymnasiums and, and, you know, asked for churches and uh even even private residents to open up their homes to illegal aliens to take them in as they await their uh, their their asylum hearing that they're never going to show up to. Um, but the the burden of housing those people falls on the state, falls on you, the taxpayer, and that is uh, it. It's becoming more and more of a tipping point, I believe, for a lot of these local races that we're going to be seeing in the coming uh, coming years. And in order to navigate those those waters of being a fresh candidate for any any local position, whether it be a statewide position or even a town elected position, anything down to your your school board, this is something that's going to be addressed because it affects every facet of your life as as an American citizen and uh, even your kids' lives. You know the education that they're going to receive in a classroom is affected by illegal immigration and the people that we uh, send to school here while they're awaiting their asylum hearings. Uh, Joining us now is newly elected state senator Peter Durant, and uh, he, along with several other notables, including Taunton Mayor Shauna O'Connell and State Committee Woman Judy Crocker and Holly Robichaud, all friends of the show, uh, are hosting an event this Saturday. Uh, Senator Durant, thanks for coming on the show. What's what's going to be happening on Saturday? Thanks for having me on, Taylor. Sure. Um, 
well, you know, you talked about um, the issue of our time right now, which is the illegal immigration issue. And so Saturday, what we're looking to do is we're looking to recruit and train new candidates. It's so important that anybody who's looking to run for office, um, get involved, they need to they need to have the right messaging. They need to know how to put that message out there, uh, and they need to know how to win. And so that's what we're looking to do Saturday. We're going to have a great lineup, and uh, looking forward to doing it. So, what what is the right messaging on in immigration? I, I don't think you can really go wrong here by by saying it's it's become too much of a burden on the taxpayers of Massachusetts because uh, even our own governor has said we need federal help here. Yeah, well, the the right message on the immigration issue is to make it about the dollars, to make it about the cost to all of us here that live in Massachusetts um, and, and the dollars that it takes away from our taxes. We were successful in our campaign in, in, in Holly Robichaud and Tuesday Associates was a, was a huge part of our uh, campaign. And what we did was we drew a direct line from the border that is 2,000 miles away to your wallets and how that can affect us with, um, you know, the increased cost of housing, of, of feeding, of me- uh, medical care, all these services that are going to those who are coming into this country illegally is starting to drain our budget. We just saw that the, the governor is now saying it's going to be uh, over a billion dollars uh, in the next fiscal year. And, um, and that's going to be low in my estimation anyway. You know, we're seeing that these numbers are skyrocketing at a time when our revenue is starting to fall short. We're already in this current fiscal year $650 million short. So it's not a leap to say that that money's going to have to come from somewhere. And the most likely place where it comes from, and they're already talking, they're already using the term 9C cuts, but the place it's going to come from is local aid. And that means that your property taxes are going to start to be affected. And so we drew that line very clearly. Uh, and the residents in the, of the Western Hampshire District heard it loud and clear. And, and that's the message that we, um, we need to put forward for our candidates. I mean, th- that's all That's all well and good, and I think that, that hits hard with a lot of the more conservative-minded people, but ha- has this messaging been tested on uh, independents and uh, people that are, are more left-leaning? Because I, don't you have to go more towards the heartstrings, you know, uh, in order to affect change in, in their minds? Actually, you know, the, the left is using the heartstrings um, in their argument, right? And so you have to be very careful to stay away from any kind of incendiary language, um, you know, and and uh, I'm not even going to go into it, but there's, there's a lot of different things that you can say about, a, a, you know, an illegal invasion and all these things. But if you make it about the finances, that's where it hits people and that's what they understand. Um, I had a debate with uh, with my colleague who sits on the left and, and what my colleague said was, you know, well, it's important that no child is left to sleep on the street. And that's their argument. Their argument is that impassioned plea that we of a of a child sleeping on the street when that's a really just a red herring. So, if, as long as you keep it focused on the finances and how this affects people's pocketbook, um, you know you're you're in a much better place. I don't think it'd be too out of line to say it, it would affect the uh, the education of your child in a public classroom, though, because it it is. I mean, that's that's a fact. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. And again, you're talking about you're talking about those things that are affecting you where you live, right? So when you talk about how um, there these these immigrants are coming in, they're being integrated into the school system. Most of them need uh, an English language learner. Um, they need special attention. And again, that costs money, and that's taking away from your child who's trying to get an education, who's trying to uh, to compete for colleges and do all of these things. So again, all these things, you know, that that particular type of argument certainly is is a bit on the heartstrings for parents, as it should be. Um, but again, it, it's about hey, look at this is costing you a lot, and by the way your child now is not being educated because of the cost associated with educating those who are in the country illegally. Now, what, what kind of candidates are being brought in uh, that, uh, oh, potential candidates are being brought in? Who are we looking for? What, what kind of offices? So we're, we're looking for uh, candidates as far as um, selectmen, city councilors, state reps, and senators. So if there's an elected position, that's available in your town or in your state district, then we want you to come. We want to teach you if you're interested in it um, in, in learning how to run for that race. It's, you know, running for office is, is an art, you know, as well as a science. And you, you can't just kind of go into it and say, hey, you know what, I think I'll run for office and I'm going to put my name on the ballot and let's see what happens. You know, we want to give you the best opportunity that we can to win that race because that's what you're there to do is is win and in a school you know when i when i first started taylor back in in 2010 um i attended every one of these schools that that hollywood put on and um i i think i went to i think i went to half a dozen of them that year and you pick up a lot of information and it tells you how to win how you're going to move forward what the message is how to raise money all of these things are important and we need our candidates to know all of it. So this is, again, January 6th, this Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon at the uh, Holiday Inn, Boston, Dedham. And uh, you can, where, where can people uh, respond and get more information about this, Repre- uh, Senator Durant? <laughs> Senator Durant. Well, they can reach out. They can reach out to me at pdjdurant.com, um, and they can reach out to Holly at Tuesday Associates. Um, and, and sign up. We'd love to see a lot of people there. It's such an important effort for, for all of us. And again, we want to make sure that we're giving those people who are interested in running um, the best chance. And you know what they say, uh, you can't complain if you're not willing to step up and, and run. So, so get out there and, uh, and help us. Is one, of the, uh, is, help up on Hill. is one of the basic fundamentals for these candidates how to respond to the question, what was the Civil War about? Yeah, well, you know, we kind of, there should be a base knowledge that you have. <laughs> so, but, but you know, we joke about that. But, you know, Taylor, there are gaffes that are made. I will tell you this. Um, it would, you know, some of the things that you'll learn is how to deal with a gaffe. We all make them. We all have issues that we, we mess up on, things we say that we wish we had. And you need to know how to come back from that. Some of this stuff is, like I say, it's, it's an art. And if you're not prepared for it, you can wind up saying something stupid and not recovering. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's an art to that as well. The art of the recovery, the art of the comeback. Uh, I wonder who coined that phrase. Senator Peter Durant, thanks very much for joining us today. We appreciate it again January 6th over at the uh, uh, Holiday Inn, Boston, Dedham.
and uh, you can respond to uh, John Milligan, RSVP to John Milligan, JRM at MassGOP.com if you are interested in learning more. Thank you very much, Senator Durant. We'll be right back. I'm Taylor Cormier, and this is The Howie Carr Show. The Howie Carr Show. The Howie Car Show is back. Welcome back to the Howie Car Show. 844-500-4242 is the number. Uh, after the bottom of the hour break, we will have Representative John Andrews from Maine, who is filing, our, uh, uh, filing impeachment uh, legislation to get rid of Shenna Bellows, the Secretary of State in Maine, for uh, taking Trump off the list single-handedly, uh, taking Trump off of the, not the list, the, uh, the ballot, or trying to do so. Trump will still appear on the primary ballot, but uh, that doesn't excuse Shenna Bellows' efforts in order to subvert this free and fair election by making it uh, a completely locked up and unfair election, uh, removing the, the rights of so many people in Maine to vote for the candidate of their choice, which I'm sure would overwhelmingly be on the Republican ticket, Donald Trump. I mean, you get north of Portland, all you see are Trump signs. Uh, just just going into New Hampshire, which is arguably, uh, well, I would say it's arguably a little bit more liberal than, than Maine, they all have their hot spots, okay? But there's more Massachusetts, former Massachusetts residents that are left-leaning, living in New Hampshire than than Maine, I would I would guess. But uh, you you drive through any Maine route in in New Hampshire, and and you're seeing huge Trump billboards and hay fields and and all kinds of stuff, homemade signs. It's, it's really great to see all, all that all that kind of support. And uh, Maine, you get north of Portland, you're you're seeing the exact same thing. A lot of lot of Trump supporters uh, throughout Maine that are incensed that their Secretary of State even thinks that she has the authority to take their vote away. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. Call one eight four four a perfect smile or visit perfectsmiles.com. Matt, what is today's poll question? What are the results thus far? Would you find it troublesome if Donald Trump's name was on Epstein's associate list? Yes, no, or not sure? I'm not entirely sure. Not sure has 16%, yes has 31%, and no has 53%. All right, 844-500-4242. So today, a very incredible video is being released of this, uh, of a judge in Las Vegas who is at the hearing of, uh, presiding over the hearing of Delone Redden. He's a career criminal who was, uh, at that hearing, he was arrested for aggravated battery. Actually, this was, uh, yeah, it, was, it must have been a hearing. Um, 
aggravated battery with substantial bodily harm. So the judge, Mary Kay Holthus, was just about to deny DeLone Redden bail. Uh, he is a, a black man with, with a very long criminal history, according to the reports. Now, you won't be able to see the video, obviously, because this is radio. But it is bleeped, and you will hear the judge, Mary K. Holthus, start to deliver her ruling on bail. And then you will hear DeLone Redden say, I think, oh, hell no, and proceed to jump over the bench and tackle a judge, and continually wail on her, punch her, uh, deliver aggravated battery for about 30 seconds. Take a listen. A taste of something else because I just can't with that history. In accordance with the laws of state of Adams, This is this is what uh, it took two or three court officers to subdue Delone Redden. And uh, so, I'm not sure why other means weren't taken to uh, to subdue Delone Redden because it doesn't appear a taser was used. Doesn't appear any anything was used other than uh, uh, sheer physical force. District Court sent the following statement to Channel 13 in Las Vegas. We commend the heroic acts of her staff, law enforcement, and all others who subdued the defendant. The court remains committed to a safe and secure courthouse and courtrooms. We're reviewing all our protocols and will do whatever is necessary to protect the judiciary, the public, and our employees. It's what you get for trying to do the right thing and not letting a career criminal out back onto the streets. Get wailed on in court. We'll be back. This is the Howie Car Show. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. Welcome back to the Howie Car Show. We've spent a lot of time uh, this week and last talking about what's been going on in Maine. Secretary of State Shanna Bellows took it upon herself to delegitimize the entire election for the president of the United States and wanted to take Donald Trump off the ballot and said, uh, well, it was her duty after complaints were brought to her of, of questions of Trump's legitimacy, uh, according to the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, Section 3, and she made the ruling, even though there was no legal precedent, uh, Donald Trump has not been convicted nor charged with anything uh, to do with an insurrection, that he did uh, 
take part in an insurrection or rebellion against the U.S. government and would be declared ineligible, according to Shanna Bellows. Um, and she made that ruling all by her lonesome. And uh, she's getting her 15 minutes of fame, but a lot of people in the Maine state legislature are hoping that this stunt costs her her job. And one of them is at least doing something about that. That's Representative John Andrews, who joins the Howie Carr Show now. Representative Andrews has uh, filed a letter of impeachment for Shanna Bells' position. And when when was that filed, uh, Representative Andrews? So we had our... Thank you first. Thanks for having me, Taylor. Uh, we had our first day of the second session today, and I filed the joint order shortly after the uh, session concluded today. And the, the nice thing about a joint order is that you don't need the permission of the Speaker of the House or the President of the Senate to get it to the floor. So we will be debating this uh, on Tuesday in the uh, the House chamber of the uh, the main state house. That's that's a fairly efficient uh, order of, of uh, operation and proceeding there. That's that's great to hear. What is your main issue of contention with with what Cheno Bellows did? I, I mean, this is this is just banana republic stuff, as you've pointed out many times. Oh, the the, the plot thickens, my friend. Well, one thing she did not really reveal to the, the parties involved while proceeding as the presiding officer was that in 2020 she was an elector in the electoral college for Joseph Robinette Biden. I don't know how by any rational standard she could be considered an impartial arbiter of the hearing that ultimately uh, removed Donald Trump from from the ballot. That's just it baffles me that she thinks that she could be considered impartial after being an elector. She was an agent. Joe Biden. She she was basically an agent for for the Democrats. Still is. Yeah, you know, she's always she's a progressive's progressive, and she's always been a political operative. But now she's one of our constitutional officers because Maine, I believe, is the only state where the Secretary of State is pretty much appointed by the legislature. She's not elected by the people. Uh, it's all backroom deals with whoever happens to hold the majority in Augusta, which has been the Democrats pretty much for fifty years. Now, so backroom deals and yeah. So what what are you positing here in in your letters of impeachment? What is what is the big angle that you hope to um, seal the deal here with 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 this action? Well, she disenfran- not only did she disenfranchise close to four hundred thousand Maine voters, and we're not a very big state, so that's almost half the state. She disenfranchised an American citizen, and, and regardless of the fact that he's a former president, you can't just kick people off the ballot without a conviction or a sound legal reason. Shanna Bellis doesn't have a legal degree, and there's no sound reason. Anybody who is running for president in 2024, they've not been charged with insurrection or anything like that. So why wasn't that additional level of scrutiny given to every candidate? Right? They keep citing the 14th Amendment, Section 3, but there's a, a little part at the end of that where it says, or offered aid and comfort to the enemies thereof, being the United States, you could argue that under Shannon Bellow's new standard, uh, Joe Biden could be barred from the ballot for, you know, selling our strategic oil reserves to Chinese interests or releasing billions to Iran. Uh, the list the list is very long for things that he could be barred from the ballot for under 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, allowing allowing hundreds of thousands, uh, millions at this point, I'm sure, throughout his administration of illegal aliens into the country, many of whom have ties to terrorist nations and and uh, terrorist organizations themselves. Uh, that could certainly be described as as an insurrection of sorts. Well, uh, if you think about it, I'm sure that there's more people that have crossed illegally under his tenure than there are registered voters in Maine and we're a state. Like, it's a pretty big deal. What what is your take on I mean we're coming up on the anniversary of uh, January 6th if if people believe it should be marked with an anniversary that's fine I guess whatever but what's your take on what happened that day how do you see that how do you reflect on January 6th 2021 I think it was a riot that got out of control out of hand I think people did bad things but I don't think it reaches the level of insurrection that they claim it wasn't John Brown and Harper's Ferry, if you know what I mean. And I think the summer of love before that, where every major city in the country almost was on fire with riots and looting. That's not an insurrection. I don't know what is. And one other wrinkle, we're talking about insurrection. When all of this happened, Donald Trump was still president of the United States. So how does the sitting chief executive of the government insurrect on himself. <laughs> it's just a logical fallacy, right? It's, it can't happen. That's a good point, yeah. And and it it certainly says that uh, uh, that, that Article, uh, that Section 3 of uh, uh, Article 14, the, the, uh, the 14th Amendment, says that a candidate for, for president, uh, if a candidate has engaged, and he was not a candidate then, I mean, there, there's, there's a few legal hurdles that you have to interpret. And as you pointed out, she does not have a law degree and is not qualified to interpret uh, constitutional law, especially uh, of herself and unto herself. She, she cannot make that distinction on her, on her lonesome. Um, you don't think so. You don't think Donald Trump had anything, any complicity in in January sixth, other than uh, telling people to keep it peaceful. Yeah, I mean that, that's what I heard him say, and there's been a lot of conjecture otherwise, but I think that's politicking. People trying to use what happened to their political advantage. I mean, what what did, I think it was Rahm Emanuel saying, "Never let a crisis go to waste." So a lot of that has Yeah, exactly. What, what so what's the process? Come Tuesday, this is going to be debated. Your your letter of impeachment is going to be debated on whether it should be um turned into articles of impeachment. So the impeachment debate will happen on Tuesday. If we get a positive vote, it'll move on to the Senate. The the joint order puts together a small committee to investigate uh charges against Secretary Bellows. Uh, Representative Mike Soboleski, who's also running for Congress in CD2, he's filed an official ethics complaint against Shanna Bellows, uh, remarking on the fact that she did not disclose that she was an elector for Joe Biden, which I think we all agree is a huge deal. So I'm excited to see what Mike can come up with uh, going forward for the ethics complaint as well. Yeah, I'm, that that is a huge component here that uh, no nobody's really talking about. I haven't seen. I, I just looked up before you came on the show here if this had made headlines anywhere yet, and it doesn't appear so. Other than the main wire, um, that that she was an elector for Joe Biden in 2020. That is something huge that you should probably disclose and make make the public aware of before you make any decisions in regards to an election where you were once the elector for a current candidate and are blatantly in opposition of uh, President Trump. I mean, that's uh, 
you've got to recuse yourself from anything to do with that election process other than seeing through a fair and uh, free election. Absolutely. And she has very competent deputies who have been there for 30 years that could that could administer the 2024 presidential election in Maine. And I hope that's what happens. But speaking of coverage, I did read a Portland Press Herald article on today's events at the, uh, the state capitol. And the thing that really got me is Shannon Bell has been doing all this media and she'll talk about, you know, barring Donald Trump all day long. But she would not comment on the record as to why she didn't recuse herself. And that's in that article, I think. And that kind of tells you everything you need to know about it. She, she'll talk about everything she, she did that's going to fire up the party faithful for a Democratic primary for whatever higher office she's going for. But she doesn't want to talk about on the record the fact that she didn't identify herself as an elector and refuse herself, which I think is the real story. Did, did they even uh, acknowledge that, that piece of information? So the whole hearing kind of came up out of the blue, and the Trump team didn't really have time to gather facts or do fact find. I think they only had five days advance notice that the hearing was happening. So they're scrambling to learn all the features of the Maine Administrative Procedures Act and get up to speed. And, and Bellows, I, in my opinion, she's been working with the attorney general, who's also appointed by the Democrats, to find some vehicle, to find some way to bar Donald Trump from the ballot. And I think they probably had some help and direction from you know the nonprofit world in D.C., the kind of runs operations, big picture for the uh, Democratic Party. But I think they were looking for a vehicle. They used the Administrative Procedures Act, and there isn't quite the uh, reliance on actual hard fact evidence in there, and I think that's why they chose it. Right. There's reporting um, today and yesterday that, that Shenna Bellows has said that the Electoral College is rooted in white supremacy. Now, she was an elector in 2020 for Joe Biden. Does that make her a white supremacist? It very well could these days. I mean, up is down. Uh, that's another thing that I wanted to talk about on Monday in the Veterans Legal Affairs Committee that deals with all things election. We're going to have a public hearing on the national popular vote, which would replace the Electoral College in Maine, give our voice, you know, our votes to California and New York. So anybody, any Mainers listening, please Submit testimony to Veterans Legal Affairs, sticking up for the Electoral College. You can uh, get a hold of me at Andrews for Maine if you have any questions on navigating the uh, state website. So we really need people to get involved for that. Right. And don't vote for the party of white supremacy, the Democrats, so, uh, of which uh, Shanna Bellows is a member and uh, uh, certainly a shining beacon of white supremacy. If she's an elector and, and took part in this relic of white supremacy back in 2020, that is... Uh, that's fascinating. Yeah, we we are living in bizarro world, Representative John Andrews. Um, so we expect to hear more about this come Tuesday. Uh, what what are your uh, colleagues saying about your your actions here? Are, are you hearing a lot of support? I am. I am. And, and while we're speaking about the Democratic Party, they barred Abraham Lincoln in 1860. You know, they barred people during the Jim Crow Reconstruction South. Democratic Party hasn't really changed. They've just gotten better at public relations. But there are a lot of Maine Republicans in the House who are excited for their chance to speak on the record about the impeachment of Shanna Bellows on Tuesday in the, in the House chamber. We look forward to hearing that audio. Representative Andrews, thank you so much for uh, coming on today. And uh, we are now seeing some more documentation out of the uh, Epstein case. We'll get to that 
right after the break. I'm Taylor Cormier. This is The Howie Carr Show. Want more from The Howie Carr Show? Yes, always. Watch Howie live at rumble.com slash The Howie Carr Show. He's not just another pretty face. He's an extraordinarily good-looking man. He's Howie Carr. There's a little bit of a bromance going on there. He's Howie Carr, and he's back. So 39 documents have been unsealed, hundreds and hundreds of pages of a lot of it testimony of the um, the deposition of uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, of uh, Virginia Jeffrey. And right now, I, I think I was one of the first to say, hey, it's up, because now <laughs> the page is broken. I can't access any of it. It's uh, People are logging on. But from what I could tell, I did not find, while I was able to go through those, uh, a comprehensive list of any associates. But I didn't have time to click on every single one of the 39 attached documents that have been posted, but they have been posted uh, according to uh, what I'm seeing here. But again, it's a lot of deposition, a lot of uh, transcripts of those depositions. Uh, so we may have some masterpiece theater in the future here on the Howie Carr Show, but certainly a lot of media outlets are going to be looking through this tonight, and we're going to see a lot more. It's too soon to tell what, what all of this is about um, because... Nobody's had the time to go through it yet, so we're, we're going to keep on it, and we'll, I'm sure, have a lot more information for you tomorrow. The, And I'm sorry that we weren't able to get that. Not my fault that it came out six minutes before the end of the show here, but we'll, we'll have more for you tomorrow on all of that. I did want to play, because I neglected to play the audio from Vivek Ramaswamy, and one, one text here, somebody, 802, can you still write in Trump on the main ballot? You won't have to. He will be on the primary ballot uh, because that, that order has been stayed as, as long as the uh, Supreme Court is going to be taking this up because they're going to be taking up the Colorado decision, which is basically the same thing. Colorado has stayed their uh, decision by the Supreme Court as well. So Trump will remain on the ballot in Colorado and in Maine while this is all being reviewed by the federal Supreme Court. So this is uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Yesterday, as he was asked by a Washington Post reporter if he condemns white supremacy after the disgraced former Iowa uh, representative Steve King endorsed him. This is Vivek Cut 11. I'm not, I'm not going to recite some catechism for you. I'm against vicious racial discrimination in this country. So I'm not pledging allegiance to your new religion of modern wokeism, which absolutely fits, fits the test. I'm not going to bend the knee to your religion. I'm sorry. I'm not asking you to bend the knee to mine, and I'm not going to bend the knee to yours. But do I condemn vicious racial discrimination? Yes, I do. Am I going to play your silly game of gotcha? No, I'm not. And frankly, this is why people have lost trust. And I know you're going to go print the headline tomorrow. I already know this. We already know how your game works. Vivek Ramaswamy refuses to condemn white supremacy because you asked a stupid question. The reality is, I condemn vicious racial discrimination in this country, but the kind of vicious and systematic racial discrimination we see today is discrimination on the basis of race in a very different direction. You want to know what the best way is to end discrimination on the basis of race? 
Stop discriminating on the basis of race. Do that and we're going to move this country forward. And I don't care whether you're black or white or brown or anything in between. That's how we're going to unite this country. You people have been responsible for dividing this country to a breaking point, creating a projection of national division. I meet people from the south side of Chicago to meetings like this one of every shade of melanin, multiple from man to woman, doesn't make a difference, who are hungry for reviving unity in this country. And you with your catechism that you try to get to politicians to whatever fake headline you're going to print on the basis of this conversation tomorrow, that's what's dividing this country for a break, to a breaking point. Shame on you. Look people in the eye and tell them what you've actually failed to tell them for the last five years. Own the accountability for your own failures as the media. That's how we rebuild trust in this country. And until then, I don't have a lot of patience to play the games. Well said. Morgan Freeman said it a little more succinctly when asked on 60 Minutes, how do you get rid of racism? He just said, stop talking about it. That's it. And that's basically what Vivek just said. The media needs to stop pitting uh, one side against another, looking through this, this prism and seeing different people and addressing them in different ways and, and telling them that issues affect them all differently, it's, uh, it doesn't have to be that way. Excellent response by Vivek. We'll, uh, we'll keep up to date with all this Epstein stuff that's coming out right now. Talk to you tomorrow. This is The Howie Carr Show.